take the last session of the series, Strengthening Your Families. And we will address on the power of praying parents. You know, I do not have as many experiences as Pastian does. And I will not be able to give you advices like Ian did. In fact, a lot of situations that he mentioned, I myself haven't met yet. There are many times that Joanna and I, all we could do is just sit down, come together and pray. Like the time when, when Kaya was having a fever at night, when, when we brought her to the childcare for the first time, or when she came back home saying she was not happy with someone in the school. We do not know what to do. We can only sit down together and pray. But I also found that prayer could be the most powerful thing that you can have as a parent too. Now, God put us in this position, being our children's parents, and there is great power in your blessing. Amen? But if you want to see that power, man, you need to become a praying parents first. You have to become one first. And, and today, I would like to take you to look into the prayer life of Jacob in the Bible, especially in his blessings to his favorite child, his most beloved one, Joseph. And the principle of this message is not only suitable for parents, but also for youth, for children, and for grandparents. Because there's great power in your blessing. There's great power in your prayers. If you want to see that power, you need to become a praying parent, a praying worker, a praying student, a praying friend. And my prayer for you today is that as I speak, I pray that Holy Spirit will speak to you personally. It's not just me speaking. If you feel anything within you, do not wait. Do not say wait until later, but respond to God in your heart. All right? Let's do this. Number one. Let's look at the part that Jacob wrestled with God. You know, it can't be more fitting for me today to talk about the story of Jacob wrestling with God because at the end of the wrestle, Jacob was limping. Check out the details of your note and you can see um, that wrestle. If you like to watch UFC or MMA, you know, this is probably the most glorious match that you could ever see. Can we look at the Bible verse? The background of um, this historic wrestling match is that Jacob stole the blessings of his father to um, the firstborn from his brother Esau. Then Esau threatened to kill Jacob. You know what? Esau was a great hunter, but Jacob was quiet and like to stay at home. Jacob was no match to Esau, so he ran away. He even left with his father Isaac's blessing. It says, may God bless you. Uh, the previous one, please. May God Almighty bless you. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham. If you do not know, Abraham was Isaac's father. So basically here, Jacob is running away 
with the most important heritage inheritance of the family, the promise, the blessing of God to that family, and of course that made Esau really really angry. Many years later, that blessing came true. Jacob, returning home, as he became a great community of people, but still he was very worried about the death threat from his brother Esau. And now, when Esau heard that his younger brother, who stole his firstborn blessing, was coming home, he brought four hundred men to welcome him. Four hundred men to welcome him. Oh. Jacob was just a little bit worried <laughs> about his brother's special welcome, and here comes to the rational because that night Jacob couldn't sleep. He was left alone, and then a man came. This man later Jacob addressed as the Lord. He came to wrestle with Jacob, and to our surprise. Jacob could not be overpowered by that man. So the Lord, so the Lord, who took the form of a man, he touched the socket of Jacob's limp,、uh, Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched. Another translation says that his hip was put out of joint. Man, I could feel that pain. I still remember perfectly. When when I twisted my ankle the wrong way and was almost put out of joint, and that's why I was limping today. I'm limping today. In the same way, Jacob was limping after the wrestle, but he was not letting the Lord go until God gave him a blessing. He was persistent in asking, and he wouldn't let him go unless the Lord gave him the blessing. Indeed, he was limping in the end, but he earned the blessings from the Lord. And nowadays, many people will interpret that wrestle as an intensive prayer and a passionate communication with God, filled with passionate but authentic emotions. I'm just amazed by God's special sense of humor that He would take a form of a human. And let Jacob wrestle with him, and in, in the end, he gave him the blessing. In the same way today, God's love is so amazing that He would humble Himself to be like a friend, like a person that we can wrestle with, and He would be so patient, listening to our struggle, our complaining, our moaning, and in the end, He said, "Hey, this is a blessing for you." I can't think of anything else that is more amazing than this. However, as a parent, I found most of the time we spend our efforts, our energy, wrestling with our children rather than wrestling with God. The problem of this is that, in the end of that personal fight, after spending so much time and energy wrestling with our children. And trying to win the battle, we found most of the time nobody takes the win. When the kids were small, it might be easier to overpower them and make them listen to us 
and that makes us look like the winner. As they grow older, uh-uh, no way. In the end of that wrestle, it might be, you have to give in and give them the blessing that they fought and asked for. So my instruction to you, especially to the future myself, when Kaya became a teenager, this is recorded, right? Okay, this is the proof. A suggestion to the future myself is that spend more efforts, wrestle with God, and less in wrestling with our children or with our friends, with our spouse, with our colleague, with our boss. Spend more efforts wrestling with God. That means be praying. Be praying. Don't stress to be the right one or the perfect ones. Be praying. When we stress to be the right one or the perfect, we tend to spend most of the energy wrestling with people. But when we put efforts in praying, we are wrestling with God and there is a blessing in it. The Bible told us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, Jacob, after wrestling with God, he was limping. Man, he was limping. If you are meeting someone who might want to take your life, that's the last situation you want to be in. Esau came with 400 men. And if Jacob was limping like me, uh -uh, this is a bit too slow to run away from the 400 men. But he went on to face the challenge after strong prayers, like wrestling with God, and totally relied on God because he was limping. He cannot rely on his own, his own smart, his own crazy ideas anymore. He has to rely on God because he was limping. A lot of time in our lives, we try to be the right one, the perfect one, and we stretched ourselves for it. And we can never be. We need to look up to the limping Jacob. Be praying. And stop stress ourselves out to be the perfect but totally rely on God but why why many people are not doing this why most people are not spending efforts in praying when things happened the first thing that came into our mind is we have to do something you know sit here and pray what difference can a prayer make Many, many years ago, one of my friends, whose son was, you know, got autism, was autistic. And um, they had big challenges every time going to the supermarket. Because his son might lose out of control and demanded everything. A grocery shopping could turn into a nightmare anytime. Sounds familiar, parents? This could be the same situation to many other families too, even though their children are not autistic. 
it could be very embarrassing as a parent. And there are many discussions nowadays on how to discipline the kids. Sometimes physical punishment is included as well. But for my friend's family, this kind of discipline might not work. His son was not able to speak a whole sentence when he was eight years old. It could be quite difficult to communicate with his son. And one day, when we happened to go together to a supermarket, what amazed me was my friend's whole family. They held hands together by the entrance of the supermarket and prayed. I saw a father, a father blessed his son, and prayed for a good time, a godly time for his son in the shopping center. And he asked God to give each and every one of us self-discipline and peace. And I was just wowed. And even now, I remember last time when the visitor came out together. You know, we did the same. We were sitting in the car, <laughs> and then we prayed together. Not only pray for our children, our, our, for Kaya, but also for ourselves that we will exercise self-control. That we do not need to buy everything that we like, and we're still going to have a good time shopping. And someone asked, "What difference can a prayer make?" You know, many people, even Christians, maybe even you and me, we we ask that question sometimes. Hey, what difference can a prayer make? You just sit there and do nothing. Do you see the indication of that question when we ask? What difference can a prayer make? We do not believe in the power of prayer in that question. The people who questioning that probably, probably, they are questioning about the grace of God, the love of God, or the ability of God. You know, who God even care? When I speak to him, or did he really listen? Can he hear me? Or even worse, is he real? Is God really there? It's quite scary. It's quite scary that if we do not believe in the power of prayer, it could be the fact that we do not believe in God. How can we experience the grace of God, our heavenly Father? How can we see the power of our prayer if we do not even believe in Him? So, how about you, Church? Do you believe in Him? Ben and I we had a little chat last night with all the youth pastors. It could be a quite a tough question to answer when things get difficult. Do, do I believe that God is perfectly loving, caring, and He's able, He's mighty, and He's greatest. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He knows my situation, and He cares for me. Do I really have that faith and put my life 
in God's hands. And I remember that visit with my friend in the supermarket was very peaceful. We got what we need and had an awesome picnic together that day. But I also suspect that that was not always like that. However, that couple continue to choose to believe in God, to believe in His good will and in everything. They continue to walk in God's, to walk with God and walk in His way. They are great warriors in praying, and they totally rely on God's provision. And today, as we speak, the whole family is in a missionary in Israel. They totally relied on God, no matter the outcome is what they feel comfortable with or not. And when we look into Jacob's story, he spent his early life fight with his own strength, with his own power. He wrestled with people, his brother, his uncle, even later with his own wife. That's why his name was Jacob, which means heel catcher or heel grabber. In those days, Jacob didn't believe in God. If you read the Bible carefully, he addressed God only as God of Israel, God of Abraham. It's not a God of Jacob. It was until later, when he came back to the hometown safely, when he came back to the hometown safely, he declared, "El Elohei Israel." And that word, that word means God is God of Israel, or mighty is the God of Israel. The God of his father now become the God of himself, and he started the journey of working in the way of God, not in the way of his own. And he continued to pass on his fatherly blessing to his children. It all starts with belief. And how about us? It all starts with belief. How about us? If you want to experience the power of prayer in your lives, if you want to experience that power in your blessing to your children. Believe in God. And the principle, the same principle, will apply to other aspects of our lives. If you want to experience the power of prayer in your work, in your study, in your relationship, you're going to become a praying worker, a praying student, a praying friend, a praying wife. Or a praying husband. We need to dive into it, be praying, and put our faith in God, believe in Him. It all starts with belief, and we need to live a praying life. You know, our, our church spent a whole series talking about living a praying life. So here. I will I will just be brief and give you a kind reminder about living a praying life. Number one, never stop praying. The Bible says, "Never stop praying. Be thankful 
in all circumstances. Come on. If you want to experience the power of prayer, you need to invest and be consistent in it. Prayer is talking to God. It's not a spell. It is a relationship with God. It's not a magic trick. Like when you say it, it happened. And when you do not need it, you can just leave it there. In that case, you are the God. You are the Lord. Because you are the one who controlled the magic. Never stop praying. It's asking you to continue to maintain that close relationship with God. And that leads to our second reminder. Talk to God about your children and your families. Talk to God about your children and your families. You know, for those who do not have family yet, talk to God about your life, about your ambitions, your dreams, about the girls or the boys that you like, about what's going on. You know, do life with God. In the Bible, you use another word, walk. Like, walk with God. It says, it has shown you, O model, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Some people say, hey, this is obvious. I, I pray for my family. I pray for my children and I pray for my study. Here, I am not talking about asking God for something for your families, for your children, or your life. I'm, I'm saying talking to God about them. Talk to God about them. When I was meeting students in school, sometimes when I do the counseling, I prefer to have a walk with them rather than sitting in the office. In fact, last time, I even met Jiang Gen when I had that walk. And when we walked together, we talked about everything. Like, hey, what's up? All the things. Well, we went to this auction in the weekend. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just talk. And then when we came back to the office, after the walk, we could just chill. Do you know that word chill? I like how the youth put it. Yeah, we just chill. That means you're doing nothing. It's basically just being together and talk and chat about life. We just chill. This is what I'm talking about. Can we have that kind of talk with God? Have a walk with Him and chill with Him? My, my pastor who trained me into youth ministry, one day he went to have a meeting with another minister about some missionary work. And they just went for a walk in the park. And when they prayed, they just spoke out when they were walking. He said, actually, the whole meeting was a prayer to Christ because Jesus was there. They were speaking to Jesus about their plan together. Do, do they need to close their eyes? Do they need to say, I may not a time? Do they need to sit down and bow? No. Just like that. Have a walk with Christ and talk together about their missionary work. Can we have that kind of talk and walk with God? You know, next time, I know many agents like me, we do this. After dinner, we, we take a walk around the community. 
next time when you and your spouse go out for a walk, you guys bike, right? The same. Go for biking or something. Have have a chat with Christ. Talk about your family, your children, like one talking to a friend. I love the testimony that Denise gave a couple of weeks ago, when she and her friends were praying for her back. Denise was still driving. It would be quite dangerous to say, "Oh, you know, close the eyes." They were just driving, and they just talked to God like that. Man, that was gold. And I think next time. When you are driving home from work, can you have a chat to God about how's your day been, about your families, about everything? Or when you are on the bus, on the train, speak to Him in your heart about how's your day been. One of the youth member from the youth group in China, she one day told me, "Say, Joshua, do I need to say Amen when I get off the bus?" She just became a Christian, and she loved that time on the bus, talking to God. I mean, in her heart, okay. <laughs> But how's her day been? And I think if we all talk to God when we're driving, there will be much less road rage. A lot. There will be much less road rage if we talk to God when we are driving. And if you are seriously See prayer as talking to God, and God is everywhere. So basically, you treat every word that you say as a prayer to God. I guess your language will be very different too. And that leads to the third reminder: watch your tongue. Watch your tongue, man. If your blessings has power to your children, guess what? How about your cursing? What we said to our kids matter. The Bible says the tongue has the power of life and death, and we can see examples from the Bible that Noah cursed his son when he was in anger. We also can see some of the words that Jacob said to. His children were heartly blessings, and to the youth and those who haven't formed a family yet. And I want to ask you: Have you realized that sometimes you are cursing your own life? You know what? It shocked me when I found out the meaning of that word: F M L. F M. L. Okay, for you don't get that, but the youth, you got it. Do you realize that sometimes you are cursing yourself with your own language? So, guys, since your tongue has the power of life and death, I, I want you to spend a minute now, examine yourself towards my children or towards my life, my friends. My spouse, am I speaking more complaints or more blessings? And 
And in another word, the more difficult question is this: towards my loved ones and towards myself, am I cursing more or blessing more? Examine yourself: am I cursing more or blessing more? And as I said, if you feel anything within you today, do not hesitate. And saying to yourself, "Well, wait until later. Examine what's within you, and if there's anything you need to confess, there's anything you need to change. Respond to God in your prayer now, and also in your prayer. What we need to do is we need to bless our children. Bless your children. You know. Some might ask, 'How? How am I going to bless my children?'" I just find it hard to select the right word to bless my child, and we'll go back to the story of Jacob, who now became Israel after wrestling with God. In Genesis chapter forty-nine, Jacob's prayer for his children—a huge amount of that prayer—was given to bless his most beloved son, Joseph. Joseph, you know, Jacob's love for this son Joseph was never hidden. Ever since Joseph were, was was born, he he wanted to give him all the best, like the colorful coat that Jacob gave him when he was just only a boy. And here we see the same in Genesis chapter forty-nine. Jacob wants to give the best blessings to Joseph. Genesis chapter forty-nine, twenty-two to twenty-six, is the special blessings for Joseph. If you may open your Bible, if you have got one around you, you know, find that passage now. And also during the week, I encourage you to discuss this passage with your spouse or with your friends, because from that prayer today, we can learn how to bless our children. How can we bless them? As our very much beloved ones. Number one, bring your children to God and acknowledge His sovereign in your blessing. Bring your children to God and acknowledge His sovereign in your blessing. The biggest portion of His blessing is to acknowledge. The greatness of God the Almighty. If you look at verse twenty-five, verse twenty-five to twenty-six, the two longest verse in this prayer, both brings to, to both bring his worship to God. And we can re- look at verse twenty-five now. Because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of the skies above and blessings. Of the deep springs below. Do you see that here, Jacob blessed Joseph in the same way his father Esau blessed him. The father of your God, my God, helps you. It's basically saying, "May my God bless and help you." If you can bring. If you can bring your children to God in your word, 
and in your action, you are bringing him the blessings of heaven and earth. A pastor says this: "There's nothing that can turn kids away from the Lord more than to have a father who preaches religion, but does not truly walk with God." And I'm convinced that pastor says that. The great things we can do to help our kids is for us to walk in personal reality with God. I'm not talking about perfection, but a humble faith that relates God to every aspect of life. If we can bring our children to God and help them to understand His sovereign in our blessings, man, this kind of blessing is not worldly blessings; it is a spiritual blessing. That brings in the blessing of heaven and earth, and actually that brings us to number two. When we bless our kids, we want to emphasize on spiritual blessings. Emphasize on spiritual blessing. Verse twenty-four talks about the strength of Joseph's arms. His strong arms were tempered by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. In the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, you know it, here it used the past tense, the past tense, as it refers to the past victory that Joseph has achieved. By emphasized, not on Joseph's victory, but the fact that his strength was from the God of Israel. The father Jacob there was not reviewing. Joseph's past victory, but reinforce him that all his success and all his strength was from the God Almighty, and this is a spiritual blessing. Sometimes John and I will look at Akia, our little girl. I won't give her all the best thing in this world. It is like everything I have. Are hers, my collections, my fish tanks, my belongings. Man, it's all yours. I want her to have the great, like, have a great career in the future, and and I will help her to achieve that. But is that good enough? Is that good enough? I think the best thing that I can give to you, my child, is help her. To understand that all through her life, she's working, she's walking with God, and she's relying on God's power and grace. She's building her life on that rock, the rock of her dad, <laughs> my rock. Can you imagine that if our children build their lives upon this rock of Israel, our rock, the Almighty God? That's probably the best blessing you can give to your children—the spiritual blessing. Sadly, many people think, you know, they'll think differently. They think they know what's the best for the children, but it might not be really true. Sometimes parents don't even know what the parent, what the children want. And no wonder many young people nowadays are complaining that their parents do not care. Do we really know what's the best for our kids? 
And actually, it brings me to the next thing that we can learn from Jacob's blessing. Number three, recognize and bless on his strength and calling, both in pr- private prayer and praying with your children. Actually, Jacob's blessing to Joseph start with this, in verse twenty-two. It says, "Joseph is a fruitful vine." A fruitful vine near a spring, whose branches climb over a wall. It uses the present tense, and it refers. It could refers to twin children that Joseph has, but it could also refers to the shelter that Joseph built for his family and for the nation. Except his branches climb over a wall. The kingdom of Egypt was that wall. But Joseph, Joseph was like that fruitful vine that grew branches over the wall and produced fruit, not only to nurture his own family, but also the whole kingdom. Remember the story how Joseph, you know, fight against the famine and and provide food for the family and for the whole nation. So in Joseph's prayer, in, in Jacob's prayer, he was recognizing and bless on Joseph's strength and calling. But how about you? Do you know your kids' strength? I mean, seriously. When we think of our children, do we often think of things that we do not like? And perhaps it's the mutual way. Children, when they think of parents, sometimes you think of things you do not like as well. You know, we live close together, and we tend to discover the not so perfect parts of each other. But today, as you sit here, can you think and list down the strength of your children, and thank God for that? And for grandparents, you may have a lot of lists to make, because you need to make a list for children and a list for grandchildren. And as for the youth and others, the correction is more challenging. Do you recognize your own strength? Do you recognize? What's God's calling and talents in you? Make a list and thank God for that. So, parent, you know, make a list. But when you praise God for for your children's strength, do that not only in your private time with God, but also when you pray with them. Bring them together to praise God for their talents from the Lord. And trust me, again. It all starts with belief. Okay, amazing things will start when you praise the Lord and acknowledge your kids. At the same time, besides their strength, do you know your child's weakness? I'm not talking about the things that you do not like, but their true weakness. And that comes to number four: be a faithful watchman. In Jacob's prayer, he says, "With bitterness, archers attacked him, 
They shot at him with hostility. Jacob faithfully guarded Joseph's back. He pointed out to God the enemies of Joseph and their bitterness. Do we really know what's attacking our children? Do we really know what's their weakness? Joy and I, you know, again, we spent time together when we didn't know what to do. We spent time together talking about Kaya's day in the kindergarten, about about how she hang out with her friends and how she interact with them, and we discuss what's her strength and what's her weakness. In fact, I encourage you, parents, pay attention to your children and see how they really spent their day. There's a book called "The Power of Praying Parents," and another one that came from the same series says "The Power of Praying Wife." And in that book, "The Power of Praying Parents" gives many advices on what aspects to pray for your children. And I like one of the suggestions that it made. They sit in your children's room and pray for them. And I'm not talking about like creepy and secretly sneak into your children's room and go through their stuff. No, I'm saying that when you have a chance to be in their room, instead of telling them off about the room is messy, what's this, what's that. I'm saying, when when you have a chance to be in the room, just sit there, look at the room, and try to understand your children through their room, and talk to God about it. Ask God to open your eyes and see through the things behind, and bless your children when you are in that room. Praise the Lord for their strength that you could see in their room. And ask God to protect them for the weakness that you can discover. And if possible, do this with them. I mean, seriously, how many times have you sit in your children's room and have a nice conversation with them? It is not easy when they are teenagers. But if you are not there to tell them off, but there to understand them, perhaps things might start to be a bit different. And if one day. You can wrap up that conversation with a blessing together with your children. Praise to the Lord for their strength, and ask God's blessings and protections because of their weakness. How much love, how much love that you are demonstrating to your kids. And that comes to our last, but not least, of that blessing: praise with faith. In the end of Jacob's blessings to his beloved son, he see the blessings come true in his faith, and he said that your father's blessings are greater. You know, when we bless our children, we got have that faith that God will offer the best for them. And when we praise with faith, we are declaring the victory of God. In the future, and we got to see it in our faith that God will provide and protect, and that blessings among our children will be greater 
be so greatly overflows, and our children will become a blessing to those people around them. So as we finished, as we finished our message today, church, if you want to see the power of prayer for your children, if you want to see the power of prayer for your families, your life, do not wait. Start now. The worship team will come up, and church, do not wait until later. But now, as we worship. If your spouse is next to you, pray together. If you're just by yourself, talk to God about your life. I mean, wrestle with God, believe in Him, and live a life walking with Him. Joanne and I, we used to pray together after church when the music was on. At that time, our church, you know, after the music, the chair was still around, so we just sit there. And we pray together, and that was the, one of the most amazing time of that Sunday. So why not now? As the worship team leaders in worship, and praise God, church, I ask that you make this time for you to talk to God passionately. Bless your children, bless your families, your friends, your loved ones, and yourself. God is here, so talk to him.